0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Network Show. Where today we are finally back after a long hiatus to talk all things NBA. Joining me, as always, from the other side of the country, looking like he might got a little color there, folks. He's been out and about. How are you spread? How are things?
1: Oh, everything's been great here, just uh, grinding, and the playoffs are here. So, all the hard work of the, the NBA regular season and, and that injury report, which became my homepage. I mean that wasn't fun but uh now it all all the hard work pays off and we go ahead and now's the time that we really cash in on uh, enduring what was one of the wildest regular seasons that i can remember
0: i really hope so it was quite a grind and we're finally here we've got some playing games we'll start by going through those and then we'll get to all the individual playoff series We'll start in the East. You know, tonight it looks like we've got the two games in the East, the Charlotte Hornets visiting the Indiana Pacers. We just found out the Pacers will be without Karis LeVert. I think we're still waiting on word for Malcolm Brogdon. And it looks like Miles Turner is out. The Charlotte Hornets have it. It looks like just about everybody besides Gordon Hayward. Obviously, he's out for the rest of the season. I'm seeing Pacers minus two and a half here spread. The total has dropped down to 226 and a half. This opened around 234, took a little money in the downward direction, but has dropped precipitously, obviously, with the noise noise, news of Karis LeVert being out. How are you feeling about this game? Indiana's been a really tough team for me to tie down towards the end of the year, whereas Charlotte just kind of keeps winning ugly games. How do you see this one shaking out?
1: Yeah, so I think that that market move is so correct on the under. I think this game is going to slow down. We will see some playoff intensity. And we saw Charlotte, you know, kind of struggle there to score towards the end of the game when the intensity ramped up. Uh, Devontae Graham looking, you know, A little surprised uh, by the double teams and the traps coming so quickly. Obviously, they're they're used to the doubles, but the quickness and the intensity seem to throw some of these younger players off. I love the under here. And on the side, um, I'll take the Pacers as well. I just like their ability to score in the half court towards the end of the game. I think Sabonis will be unquestionably the best player on the floor, and I look for him to get it done, getting the best quality looks there towards the last five minutes but my favorite play here is the under even if, even if you're late to the party i still think that that's the right side and i lean the pacers as well but i like the under more
0: yeah i, I think you can look at some alt under spots here you know with karis laverd out i agree there is still some value here in this number at under 226 and a half you know look for like you know basically sell points so you get to the plus money it's one of my favorite things to do when you miss the best of the number at least you're not going to be paying some juice It's a hard game, again, to predict. I think you're right. Sabonis has a chance to be the best player on the floor. We'll see what Lamella Ball has. He's looked okay coming back. But I wonder if at the end of the day the Hornets just – you know, plethora of wings, guys like Terry Rogier, P.J. Washington, Devontae Graham, you know, they've been a little up and down, but they just have so much kind of firepower bridges there as well. And I wonder if that just kind of overwhelms Indiana here. I think they're going to be really shorthanded, the Pacers, that is, if they don't have Brogdon. It's going to be tough to get Sabonis the ball, frankly. So, you know, do you still feel as good about Indiana if it turns out Brogdon's going to be out?
1: Yeah, I still like Indiana if Brogdon's going to be out. Obviously, I don't like it as much. And the other question, of course, is even if he plays, will he be effective? Is he going to get out there and try no matter what? And will he end up being a detriment and only be able to play five or eight minutes? But, you know, in this type of game, even five bad minutes from a player like Brogdon could could really hurt the team. So there's obviously a lot of uncertainty, and we thought that the injury report would be easier to navigate. (laughs) That's not the case here as it's – Twelve twenty-seven on the West Coast. This game starts at three thirty on the West Coast, and I still see Sumner, Sabonis, Brogdon, and Holiday all listed as questionable. So, something I wasn't anticipating, but uh, maybe something we're going to have to navigate moving forward.
0: Yeah, hey, I, I, honestly, I'm at the point now where I'm passing on this. But if you really wanted to play something, I think Charlotte's the look or the under. Like, like we said, I mean, if you really wanted to play a side, you know, in some sort of pool where you got to pick all the teams, I think I'm picking yeah. Charlotte to win. Simply because I know, I think I know who's going to be on the floor for them. Whereas, again, you look at Indiana, you're right. I didn't even realize Sabonis was questionable. It's been a little while since I've looked. I mean, uh, you know, you look at Charlotte, it's, it's clean, like it's just Hayward yeah. out. Whereas Indiana, everyone's questionable. So I think it's Charlotte or pass at this point, but you have to wonder if somebody out there knows that some of these Pacers are going to be playing. And that's kind of what's propping this number up. I mean, if all those guys are out, Charlotte should be favored,
1: right? I, I agree that the Somebody knows. I think we're going to get all those guys. Maybe not a Holiday or a Sumner because I don't think they mean anything to the line at all. Maybe .25. Um, But, yeah, I think that that we'll get some Brogdon minutes. The question is, I I just don't know how effective he's going to be. But if he's able to be effective, I really like their ability to keep up. And, I mean, we see with this intensity. Charlotte looked worn out in the second half of that Wizards game on Sunday, right? As the intensity picked up. Some younger players. Indiana might be able to manage it better. Maybe I'm being a little um, uh, optimistic about how much more of a veteran they are because they're both young teams in reality. But uh, I, I still like Sabonis here, so we're opposite sides there, but we definitely both like the under.
0: Yeah, so grab an under there. Washington visiting Boston here tonight. You know, The winner there will be the seven seed. The loser goes to play the winner of the game that we just talked about. You look at the Celtics, Jalen Brown's going to be out. Tatum's probable. Walker's probable. Everybody else looks like they're going to be in. Washington um, looks like they're just missing, you know, Avita and guys that they've missed for a while. I know Bradley Beal was not 100%, but he made it through the game the other night and has had a little bit of time to rest. We'll see how he looks. You know, this number, again, is it's tough. If Beal's 100%, I think I would really like the Wizards here at plus money. They're plus two. I'm seeing a total of 232 and a half. Um, they've been really competitive with the Celtics, and if both of those guys are playing, it's tough from a Boston perspective. They don't really have that second um, – you know, lockdown guard, defender, and whatever Kemba Walker's on, either Westbrook or Beal, whoever he ends up across from, scores quite a bit. How do you see this game shaking out? What are you seeing here?
1: Yeah, I mean, you make a great point, right? (laughs) It's going to be like the difference between playing all Madden and rookie, whether or not you get Kemba Walker or Marcus Smart in front of you. Seems like it'll be pretty easy for even a terrible head coach like Scott Brooks to navigate. So uh, (laughs) the Wizards will have the advantage there. And Beal was not um, 100% um on sunday but he was still effective right he's smart and he has so much more gravitas as a shooter um that he helps them on the floor no matter what even if he's not 100 percent, because he's still smart enough to know when to cut so i don't think he's 100 percent, but i still do think he's going to be effective here i like the washington wizards to get it done on the road i think this will be the end of a season where absolutely nothing went right um, for the boston celtics um, with between the COVID, the injuries, and basically their inability to just set an effective rotation. They haven't known their roles all year. You know, As Stevens has tried to work things out, uh, we were disappointed in their ability to try and run uh, Tyson and Thompson at the same time. I still don't necessarily love that trade, losing Tice. They might have got worse at the trade deadline. Fournier has not been the scorer that we've expected. And even if he is, he can't defend that well, so it's kind of taken away from the team's identity here. I like the Washington Wizards, the team that's playing well right towards the end of the season here. And this is another one where I'll take the under here. We watched the game on Sunday with the playoff atmosphere between the Wizards and the Hornets, and we saw how fatigued and how much the game slowed down in the last five minutes. Give me the under here as well. So I like the Wizards and the under in this game. What do you think about Boston to miss the playoffs at plus 400? Ooh, so that means they would have to lose to the winner of... Um, yeah, the winner of Charlotte, Indiana. Hmm. I think there's probably a little value, but I don't know. I think Boston could probably squeak, squeak by either of those teams. Um, with the Charlotte matchup, right? I mean, you can't attack. Bo- Charlotte can't attack Boston's weakness, which is in the middle, right? <laughs> so then yeah. now that game's gonna be all played on the perimeter, and um, you know, <laughs> Boston's basically, got a more experienced perimeter, guys.
0: So, you know, so we know that um, the Washington Wizards right now are plus 107. I'll put in plus 105 here. You know, that basically would imply that whoever's playing them in the next game would be an underdog around plus 145. You know, so do you think that the Hornets would be plus 145, the Pacers would be plus 145 in that spot, or do you think we get a little better number there?
1: I mean, plus 145 correlates to what, like minus three and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I think we might. I think that line would come out at minus five with Boston being at home.
0: Okay, so you might do a little better waiting then. That was yeah. all. It just stuck out to me. Um, let's jump into the Western Conference. We've got the Spurs catching four points against the Grizzlies, which we talked about this a little bit pre show. This line makes sense based on the Spurs we saw for the last month and, you know, Popovich, blah, 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 all that stuff. But the Spurs really have known that they didn't really have a lot to play for. They had a ridiculous schedule. If you go back and look, they basically played nothing but playoff teams, um, I think, for the last like 15 or so games in their schedule. So, Yes, they're playing another playoff team here, but I wonder if it's a team that's going to come out and look a little bit different than they did the last month. Do you know what to expect here in a game that, you know, the Grizzlies look enticing at minus four, but is there any reason that you're thinking maybe the Spurs? how How do you see this shaking out?
1: Yeah, I think this is a tough game, right? I think these are two teams that are very similar. Um, both perimeter oriented when I'm matching up, when I'm looking at the Grizzlies, if I'm going to make a case for them, I like them inside, right? Who's going to answer for Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson? I think on the wings, they match up rather similar um with dylan brooks and and our guy Slomo, kyle anderson being a little underrated um by nba fans because let's be honest they're not too exciting to watch i mean just almost like the fundamental creative players um from 2k but they do get the job done and then on the other side you know murray Keldon johnson patty mills i mean the spurs can get it done on the perimeter i think memphis has the advantage inside and for that reason i would lean towards memphis uh but I don't necessarily love it as a spot to try and take advantage of. Once again, with the playoffs totals, I'm looking at unders. But I think at 222, the current number, they priced it too low for me to be able to say that there's actually value in that bet here. Um, so I, I lean Memphis here, but I haven't made a play yet. And I lean towards the under. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, too. Uh, are we just getting too greedy? And, and did the books already beat us to the punch by putting the number that low?
0: I actually, when I run these numbers, it looks like actually an overplay to me, very slightly. Yeah. So I think that they're, they have adjusted probably correctly here. No Derek White is really big for the Spurs. If he was playing, I think this would be a lot more interesting. I do expect Memphis to win. I just don't know if I'm excited. enough to lay four. It opened minus three. I would have bet that, but I missed it. It was three and a half, four by the time I got up. And the three and a half is really juicy. So I skipped on it altogether here. It just seems like a really nice spot for Memphis. Like you said, they should just dominate on the inside there. Um, again, without Derek White, they should even have an advantage with the guards here. But, uh, I just can't get myself to lay the four points, you know?
1: Yeah, and, and we'll see how we feel tomorrow, and we'll see if the Spurs take any money. But, yeah, that minus four is rough. It definitely could be a, a really close game, so – um Lean towards Memphis. Lean towards the over, but I think this is—I think this is the toughest game to call. I think if I were to lay off any of the four games, I think this is the uh, most correctly lined one.
0: Yeah, Golden State going to Los Main Angeles event. to play the Lakers. We assume that LeBron James is playing. I believe he's questionable. Technically, the Warriors are five point underdogs. Maybe four and a half points, depending on where you look. I'm looking at a juicy five. Um, you know, the total's right around 220. That's been bet down, I believe, a little bit. Makes sense. Lakers' totals are always pretty low, but it's yeah. all said and done. Golden State's taking some money, folks. This is open six and a half, seven. I got a 6.5 myself, luckily enough, so feeling pretty good about this. What do you think about this spot for Golden State? And maybe even more importantly, How are you handicapping this game for the Lakers in terms of LeBron James? Are you expecting him to be kind of himself, you know, 50%, something like that? How are you approaching that and, you know, then your general thoughts on the game?
1: Yeah, so I think to handicap it, you just handicap it that he's 100% and you roll from there. Um He didn't necessarily look 100% this weekend, but he didn't look bad. I mean, it was pretty close to 80 or 90. I'm pretty confident in in his abilities um, to get it done. I would just probably be more worried about a re-roll. Did you see the re-roll on Sunday against the Pelicans?
0: No, I did not.
1: It was a quick one, and if you watched it live, you were a little worried, but it seemed like he was able to move past it. But the reason that stuck in my head is, Okay, even if he's 100% at the beginning of the game and we're watching in the first quarter, I think the probability of the reroll is there, and that obviously has to be taken into effect. When I'm looking at this game, of course, I mean, um, we've talked about playoff unders here, especially this game one before these numbers get bet, bet, bet down. Um, I definitely like the under here, and give me the Warriors on the money line here. I think that's the best value of any play. Uh, I do think the Warriors can get it done here. And here's the idea, right? I think that. If the, Warriors, if the Warriors keep it close, if the Warriors cover, I think they win. If they lose, they get blown out. So um, if they keep it close, I like Steph here. I like Steph to run away with it. Obviously, all the usage is going to be funneled through him. This is a team that's really coming together here towards the end of the season, won their last um, five games, and they were, they were good wins over quality teams. So uh, I really like the way they look against Memphis. Draymond Green is kind of like that X factor. Um, you know, whereas he might not put up in the stat sheet or do a lot for DFS, but he's going to do all those things to help the team win, uh, not, without having to worry about Wiseman working in, you know, and kind of eating those minutes. Uh, this team knows where to go. I think this is really close to 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 almost close to being evenly lined. Um, go ahead and give me the Warriors on the money line as a value play there.
0: Yeah, I like the Warriors even still at these numbers. You can find a five, a cheap four and a half, that's good, and then sprinkle a little bit on that money line, plus 150, plus 160. Anything in that range looks okay to me. So it yeah. seems like we think the next set of games then we're going to get is, you know, the, the East seems a little murkier to us, but mm-hmm. as I start to look at it, I'd have the, the loser of Washington, Boston, probably like a four or five point favorite hosting, you know, the winner of that Indiana Charlotte game. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah, that's what I would put it up. Okay. And then in the West, you know, it sounds like we're assuming the Grizzlies are in, or no, I'm sorry, the Grizzlies will be playing the Lakers or the Warriors. Yeah, You know, I still have the Warriors or Lakers favorites there. What do you kind of estimate that line possibly being?
1: Well, just one thing, if you guys did want to jump in on the Warriors, I think the Lakers take tomorrow, so just go ahead and wait and and let that public money roll in. And then I think on the other side, the Warriors and the Lakers are going to be such a public team that even if our model spit out like a four or five, I think whoever loses, Warriors or Lakers, will be like minus six or more and probably take money at the open.
0: Yeah, I think you're right as I'm starting to look. It might be a little bit shorter. Memphis has taken some money and had a little bit of respect. I, I'd yeah. probably be if it was the Lakers minus six. If it's the Warriors, probably minus four or something in that range. Yeah, I, I guess that's
1: true, right, because it was up. minus three. It closed minus three, but it went from five to three. It opened five yeah. last time. So,
0: All right, let's jump into the actual playoff series that we have lines for. Um, you know, We'll start with the series lines, and we'll, of course, look at angles for everything. Some of these series lines are a little tough to bet. And I'll start with the Knicks. The Knicks, the Knicks are hosting <laughs> playoff basketball. the hardest basketball. one. Awesome. The Knicks are hosting playoff basketball. people. Let's just take a second be excited yeah. for that. I, for one, really hope that they win this series so that I can personally go to the Wells Fargo Center and boo Knicks fans in a playoff game. I've never gotten to do that. And my <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers watching life, my 33 years of existence on planet Earth, I guess I probably could have when I was younger my parents didn't take me they were cheap but that would be my first try and I'm really excited for that spread but for now the Knicks you know it looks like they're basically depending on where you look anywhere from minus 105 to minus 115 similar thing with the Hawks it's pretty much a pick them plus or minus wherever you look I keep seeing tweets that the Knicks are plus money somewhere and I don't know where this magical land is but if you have access to it you should probably bet that for a little bit I agree with this price, though, spread. I think this is very close. It seems to me like a series where the home team wins just about every game here. And there is an angle I have for that. But I'd like to hear your thoughts in general. What do you think about the price? What do you think about the matchup here?
1: Yeah, I mean, this game should be a lot of fun or this series. We have, you know, a team that I trust defensively uh, against the team that, you know, uh, I do not trust defensively, but the issue is the Hawks can score even against good defense, right? I mean, I have great shooters there with Gallinari. Um, I got Herder, Bogdanovich, and Bogdanovich Trey Young. Huge. Yeah, Bogdanovich, and, and I was kind of laughing at that signing earlier in the year, but he has turned out to be uh, an excellent compliment to Trey Young there as well. And so here's here's one of the things that I've heard people talk about: the Knicks have been playing playoff intensity all year. So is their level really going to raise? I mean, that's one thing that I think the reason that we um, and the public this year love backing the Knicks, one of the few NBA teams we knew what we were going to get every sing- every single night in and night out, right? I mean, betting the Nets was like, you never knew what you were going to get, you know. and I could probably name, name four or five other teams like that that were kind of picking and choosing uh, their spots on when to compete. The Knicks gave it 100%. Can they raise their level, or were they already there? Yeah. Um, I, I really think this is a tough series if you pin me down, I would probably lean the Hawks because in the new NBA offense seems to be defense um, but I definitely don't love that idea and I don't even know if I'm going to be getting involved
0: Yeah I think the Knicks would really like to have Mitchell Robinson for the series they're not that extra big body would be good against his team mm-hmm. there's a few key matchups here you know we'll start with the guards the Knicks guards against Trey Young. Um, you start to look at some of those matchups. The Knicks guards are very talented, but there isn't anyone that sticks out to me from a defensive standpoint. Like, I don't see RJ Barrett or Reggie Bullock really trying to lock down Trey Young. But at the same time, on the other end of the floor, Trey Young has to guard some pretty talented players. So if you can work him, run him through screens from that level, kind of put him through the old school Steph Curry treatment where whoever Trey Young is guarding is running through screen after screen after screen, and you're just trying to beat him up on that end. The Julius Randle matchup is going to be really interesting for me. I'm curious to see if they put John Collins on him. He's crushed
1: John Collins <laughs> this year. Me. The numbers yeah. are ridiculous when they actually play. It's it's
0: bad. That's what I mean. It's, I've seen some of that stuff. So are they going to keep doing that? Or are they going to try something else? Because I don't know if they have anything else. I think Randle overs are going to be a great bet in this series if you're a DFS player. I think that's going to be really nice. And at the same end, you know, Atlanta's a lot of – What they've done offensively has been unlocked by Bogdanovich. And I wonder if Randall has a chance to try to lock him down. So that's kind of what I'm seeing in terms of like the the key sort of axioms, the key matchups here in the series. And it just looks really even to me. I think we're going seven here. So I looked at a couple angles. You know, the total games played here spread. I'm looking at over six and a half plus 250. I'm sorry, over six and a half plus 195, almost two to one. I don't mind that, but what I like even better, series-correct score here spread the Knicks to win the series 4-3 to three at plus 450. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, I like that, um, you know, because you're going ahead. Yeah, that, that's a pretty good one. I, I like Mitch it. win at
0: seven in the garden.
1: Yeah, and, and our guy uh, T-Hole doubles against Julius could lead to a ton of open threes. Julius' assist props over maybe a good look. Yeah. I like that angle. That's a good angle. Yeah, because he's crushed Collins. So, so what do you think of that? I mean, you like Atlanta in this series.
0: I, I'm going to go Knicks 4-3. I mean, if Atlanta wins, it's probably one of those kind of 4-2, you know, kind of in-six game situations. Looking at Atlanta 4-2 four yeah. seventy. let me see what the game spread here is. You know, you could go Atlanta minus one and a half. So, again, if they win in yeah. six, that's plus 180. I mean, do any of those kind of appeal to you?
1: I, I think you got a great point. Do you think Atlanta can win in the Garden in game seven? That's tough for those young guys, right? There's a lot of young guys on that team. Um, not a lot of playoff experience there. That would be, will be a fans. very intimidating offer uh, uh, to try and go through. So, yeah, I think you got a great look there.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go 4-3 next. Again, I think the next win, if you like Atlanta, and honestly I might, I might talk myself and sprinkle this a little bit, try to go for you know, the old Polish middle, if you will, but the, the Hawks mm-hmm. minus one and a half games here. Basically Atlanta wins in six or better That's probably the look I would take, but I agree. I like the Knicks here. I think that Randall and and some of the pieces they have, they're just going to end up kind of overwhelming Atlanta here and hopefully being able to slow down, again, Bogdanovich, which I I think has really been the key for Atlanta over the
1: last month or so. Yeah, probably a slight coaching advantage here for for New York as well. Um, I think that they will be able to scheme um, for for Trey um, a little better here. Uh, McMillan, right, is a great guy and obviously turned around this team. But this is where his ghosts or his skeletons or whatever you want to call it come home to roost because he hasn't done very well in the playoffs. And while I went back and I was trying to defend him, I think in one of our chats, you know, I mentioned the teams um, that he lost to, uh, you know, the, the point that, that you guys were giving back to me that was a great point. It was like, yes, but he got swept and we didn't see any, right? So, like, <laughs> losing to the Cavaliers with LeBron's not bad. But getting swept and not being able to compete, is a little different and they make up great points and the reason it's bad that they got swept is because it meant that he wasn't playing any adjustments right they got beat two games in a row and then they ran the same game plan out there right that doesn't inspire confidence from a coaching perspective but obviously people get better and learn right bill belichick didn't do very good on the browns so um let's see how that goes but i do also think thibodeau has a coaching advantage here
0: miami heat playing the bucks we saw this last year went very well for the heat we did yeah. great. I think we bet the Heat in the series. We bet them every game. Boy, yeah. that was a lot of fun. But this is not last year's Miami Heat. It's the same list of guys for the most part. You're missing Kelly Olenek, which I think they might went back more than they realize. Yeah. They've just been a disaster spread. I mean, are we supposed to think that the Miami Heat just all of a sudden go back to what they were last year? I mean, the market doesn't. I'm looking at Milwaukee minus 315 here on the series price, and they've taken money. I mean, they opened minus two seventy-five, two fifty, somewhere in that range, depending on where you look. And they're, you know, they're out to close to this number just about everywhere. You know, the Heat. I'm looking at plus two thirty-five. You could probably do a little bit better than that, depending on where you look. But I don't know. As someone that wanted to believe in the Heat, putting it all together, I was bullish on them with the Oladipo trade. Even if he didn't work out, it gave him some cover to get some other guys in. But I don't know. I just don't see it all coming together magically here in Milwaukee. What do you think?
1: No, I don't either. But they priced me out of this Milwaukee thing. So when, you know, all of Twitter and I joined in, right, I was part of the mob with the pitchforks, making fun of uh, the Bucks for not kind of um, manipulating the playoff seating, so to speak, with uh, with their roster decisions. And when they decided to play at full strength, um, pulling the Clippers. Right, so when everyone just to cry, this is the worst move ever. I'm thinking, okay, well, everybody thinks the Heat are going to win this series. I should be getting a great price on the Bucks. So, and this is where you know you get we get in these echo chambers, right? Because we follow all people kind of with the similar opinions. So, I thought this thing was going to open at like minus one fifty, minus one seventy five, just because everybody seemed adamant that 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 Milwaukee has no chance here and that the same thing's going to happen. I thought that I was going to get a great value on Milwaukee, and that is not the case at all. Um, The books have said, no, 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 we're going to go the same price as last year. Um, I think if you are going to bet this series, the value is on Miami. Um, there's no way that they only win whatever. What would the implied percentage be on that? Like 30% of the time? Yeah, a little less, yeah, yeah, I I mean, less than 30%. Miami wins more than 30% of the time. So my value is gone there. Um, that being said, I do believe Milwaukee's going to win. I love the addition a PJ Tucker here, and Drew Holiday is really showing uh, how much better he is than Eric Bledsoe. This closing five is going to be so much more tough. And the bubble was uh, was was built for Butler, right? Butler's built for the bubble, right? And that whole team, uh, the shooters Robinson and Hero um, with the dark background, we we talked about it multiple times. How much it, that was a shooters gym, and it was an open run and, and good for those younger players. Um, so unfortunately, you know, if you're giving out a play, my the value's on Miami, but I do think the Bucks win.
0: Yeah, and it's tough. You know, there's not even really good Bucks angles. I was looking at the game spread here. You know, Bucs minus 1.5 is minus 140. Minus 2.5 is plus 155. Yeah. Look at some of the correct scores. You know, Milwaukee 4-1. You know, they win at home in game five is plus 275. That's your best option, but I don't like it. Yeah, It's just – there's not much to get excited for. I like what you said about Milwaukee. Their defense has been much better. And, again, for for Miami to win this, they're going to have to look completely different than they have, you know, all year. You know, we talked about the Spurs – maybe be able to put it back together. But the Heat, this would have to be a complete change from what we've seen all season, not just the last month. So I'm not particularly counting against that. I think Milwaukee does win the series. But like you said, it's, it's hard to find a way to attack them.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, Drew gives them another ISO option. So if Milwaukee's smart, and first of all, that's a huge thing because they haven't shown anything so far. That, that makes that a safe assumption that Milwaukee will be smart. But now they have two ISO options to get away from Giannis at the end of the game. Of course, Giannis is awesome as a creator. But, hey, let's get him down low. It's too easy to build that wall. Miami knows how to do it, so you need to attack him a different way. I would put Giannis in the dunker's position. But this year, you'll have Drew or Middleton to try and be your, your ISO creator there. Um, let's see if they can take advantage of that. Unfortunately, it's Milwaukee, so we can't assume that they're going to do the smart thing.
0: Blazers, Nuggets. This is one of the series prices. I've got a wager here. Again, this is similar to the Knicks. It's just about a pick you know, anywhere from minus 105 to minus 115 on either team, yeah. depending on where you look. The Nuggets, of course, without Jamal Murray. The Blazers, one of the best teams over the last month with Nurkic and everybody finally being healthy. Yeah. I think there's some value in the Blazers here. Um, I might end up just betting the series price, frankly. I haven't yet, but... As I start to think of the matchup, you know, I don't see anybody on Denver who's really going to be able to slow down Lillard or McCollum, let alone t- two guys that can do it. Um, you start to look at the matchup. Yes, Jokic is very good, but Nurkic has been generally pretty solid against him. Um, Nurkic was the guy that Jokic replaced in Denver. I mean, Nurkic started there. So I think there's you know, going to be a lot of focus there. I just, I like this matchup for Portland. I think there's some value in them. You know, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I don't. <sighs> I haven't bet it yet. I actually lean the other way. I still like the Nuggets here, but I don't know if it's enough to make a play. Um, so my idea is that that Jokic is going to be the best player on the floor, and that even if Nurkic learns some things, uh, the amount that we've seen Jokic's game uh, improve since he left, you know, there's obviously some new wrinkles here. Uh, he's smaller, he's quicker. It's it's feeding him well here, and I do. I, I do think that they can trouble the, these guards here. I like Campazzo. He's annoying. I don't think he's going to stop sh- shut down Lillard, but I think he'll annoy him and make him work. Um, I think that Rivers is an average defender, but he's not absolutely terrible. Um, and if we get some Will Barton minutes, that's a nice little pick-and-roll addition that they can run on the offensive end. And on the flip side, I do love the way the Nuggets' size will be able to go with the Blazers' weakness inside. So um, I do believe MPJ and Gordon are a nice little combination to get some foul trouble on Nurkic, and if so, that's where we get trouble because Cantor will get eaten apart, and, and we've talked about it before. These can't You can't run Cantor and Melo in the same lineup, but Terry Stotts still does it. For, so, so we run down coaches all the time, and I love Stotts as a coach except for that thing that he does right there that's like the one thing that I have a problem with otherwise I do think that he kind of doesn't get a fair shake you know they want him um to have the Blazers play better defense look at the roster right I I don't even think Thibodeau makes that roster good but who knows I didn't expect him to do that with the next year this year either but um I still do like the nuggets here um I do like the addition of Gordon um but I'm not necessarily confident enough to 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 take advantage and jump in on that price just yet oh you muted sorry
0: yeah that makes sense to me i mean i like portland i do have some denver futures from a long time ago
1: back when they traded for aaron gordon Jamal Murray was healthy well time. and that was awesome then because they were a legitimate contender at that point
0: yeah so uh, unfortunately that's probably not going to work out but we'll see i think this the series will be competitive the look for me was portland minus one and a half um plus 190 i was able to find i'd play that down to about plus 175. if portland does win this series i don't think it's going to be in game seven in denver so minus one and a half is portland basically in six or better um you know again you're getting a much better number obviously than the series price and i really would struggle denver's been very good Jokic himself has a great record in game sevens especially in denver so what do you think of that look
1: i mean portland won a game seven that cost me thousands two years ago in denver (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if I remember right, like Denver was up by 13 in the third quarter because I still remember that loss uh, for, pretty vividly. So uh wouldn't say they can't get it done, but I think you've got a great idea there. And, of course, you know, at the at the Rose Garden, and if they do get it done, um, they could just run away with it. So um, while the chances are low, uh, uh, I do like the way that you've you've approached this.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the angle. And, again, I might go back against Portland. We'll see. But – I uh, always try to think about what the scenario is and, you know, hopefully get some value that way. The last series we have the Clippers minus 400 against the Mavericks of Dallas. I assume Porzingis is going to play it. We'll see. I mean, really this comes down to, you know, whether Luca can go supernova probably mm-hmm. three times. I mean, maybe they get one bad Clippers game and three great Luca games. I mean, h- how to, uh, you know, if you had to think of a way for Dallas to win the series, what does that look like?
1: Um, mm. I hate to say it, but a Clippers injury, <laughs> right? <laughs> Kawhi goes down or George goes down, and then I think Dallas could win. Um, I don't know. I don't really like Dallas's, um chances here. But I, I've been underrating them. You know what I didn't realize? You know they're like 15th in the league in defense? In my mind, I've been rating them as this terrible defense. I didn't realize they were average, which um, – When you have Luka, that's all you need. The one nice thing is, I think towards the end of the game, he does have the firepower. If it gets into a shootout, you like it. Clippers' path to victory is to win these games by 5, 7, 10 and just stay ahead all the time. I'd like his ability in the last two minutes in a really close game to keep it close. I just don't think they can keep it close for four games. And the thing is, I don't think they can get the stops either. Um, Even though Luka is probably better in that situation, uh, I don't really trust Dallas to get the stops they need to. And let's see if Rajon Rondo can do what he's brought here to do, and that's. Stop Paul George from playing iso ball and hero ball in those last two minutes. Play like a team. Get the good shots they get for the first 43 minutes of the game and not completely fall apart mentally towards the end of the game. Um, Ty Lue should help a bit with that as well. So I like the Clippers here. I think this is pretty easy not to get involved with, though. Um, that price is way too high. At that price, it's dogger pass. But I really don't believe the Mavericks get it done, so I won't be investing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's tough. And, again, as you look at some of the series spreads and things like that, They just don't really appeal. You know, the game spread here, if you wanted to lay one and a half with the Clippers is minus 165. The two and a half is only plus 130. It's just there's just not a lot of great ways to go about it. So they expect the Clippers to to advance here. You know, night to night, I'm sure we might get one or two good looks in terms of prices on um, the Mavericks. But I agree, the Clippers advance here. So um, that wraps up all the series prices. Let's just take a quick look at the futures market because – the Nets are still a favor to win the East spread. And, and do you have any thoughts on why that might be? We talked about it a little bit pre-show. You know, I think for a lot of people looking at this, it might look a little odd, especially some basketball betters and people that follow it pretty closely. We know the Nets really haven't played too much together. You know, everybody's a little banged up here as they come in. And they have the tougher path. They're going to have to beat the Bucks and probably the Sixers just to make the finals here. So as you start to look at, we'll start with the Eastern Conference futures. A, why do you think the Nets are still the favorite? And if that number is really incorrect, kind of like I'm positing, is there value in anyone else?
1: Yeah, there's definitely value. Take your choice. I say you either choose you choose a team to ride with, and you roll with either the Sixers or the Bucks. I think it's I think it's be fair to say for me to right now. That it, I mean. I think they all have a pretty even chance of winning. I think you know if we did this first take style where you know I just had to disagree with you and you just gave me a team, I can make a strong argument for any of those three teams. To go ahead and make the NBA Finals, so I say you choose whichever one you like more and you go for that. There's no value on the Nets at all. Do I understand it? Yes. The big names, right? Um, Kevin Durant, we've watched him, um, you know, perform awesome in the playoffs before, and just there's, there's it's going to be really hard to stop him. You know, as much as we talked about PJ Tucker earlier, that's still an advantage matchup for the Nets. Harden's always crumbled in the playoffs, right? So everybody's looking and saying, "Wait a second, if he doesn't have to carry the load to get here, maybe he's not going to fall apart, and we'll still get the." effectiveness and not shades of the O from 27 famous game six here so i do i do understand why the nets are the favorites but i think you can extract value by choosing who you like either better the sixers or the bucks and playing them to win the east
0: and and the other more perplexing thing is the site that i'm looking at i don't know where you're looking at the bucks and the sixers have the same odds to win the east the bucks have to beat to the sixers and the nets yeah that doesn't, I mean, are you seeing the same thing where you're looking? I was confused to see that. I don't know if that's the same anywhere else. I've got two places up, and they're not exactly the same with the other place, but they're pretty close. I mean, that, that would, to me, mean there's still some value in Philadelphia. I've backed them at plus 350 to win the East, so I've got enough there. But, I mean, what do you think about that? If you can still get Sixers 3 to 1 to win the East, what do you think of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, the reason I do like the Bucks here is I think that if I was to make the stab at this, uh, I like the I like their chances to stay healthy the most. Um, you know we've had problems with the Sixers having injury concerns before, and you know I mean obviously we can say this about all the stars, but I mean if. If Embiid isn't even 100%, this team loses all their chances, right? So even if he gets banged up a little, and he's a big guy, right? We've seen this happen before. Um, you know, Even some sort of sprained finger or anything like that uh, could be rough. I think I trust the Bucks to stay healthy the most. But you make a great point about the Sixers definitely have the easier path. And it's nice to see that the regular season and the number one seed actually is giving them an advantage.
0: Yeah. As you look at the Western Conference, it's the two L.A. teams at the top. The Lakers are slightly favored over the Clippers, which kind of I roll my eyes at. But, you know, again, there's yeah. probably just a ton of Lakers money. And I don't know. I don't know who else to feel confident about. The Jazz at plus 350, the Suns at 7-1. to one. Both of them probably have to beat both L.A. teams. I mean, uh, it's just a really tough market to pick apart because, you know, once you get past both L.A. teams, the Jazz and the Suns, I mean, there's no one else on this list that can really win the, the West, in your opinion, right?
1: Yeah, I think the Clippers is the best value on the board here. I see right now at Bet Online they're plus uh, 265 here um, just to win the West. Um, and obviously, you're getting value there as a team that everybody saw fold during the last season, right? But they made the moves to address it. Now, whether or not you know they're able to execute, we'll see. But like I mentioned earlier, Rondo, I think, really um, improves the shot selection in the half court towards the end of the game. And I think the Ty Lue is. My, I would have never said this five years ago. But I think that he makes adjustments better than Doc Rivers at this point, which gives them an extra layer um, towards the end of the game. So we'll see how that turns out. But if I were to place a bet here, i like the Clippers at plus 265 to win the West.
0: And then the odds to win the title, you know, kind of similar conversation. The Sixers at 7-1. I'm not really interested in that. Um, Clippers at 5-1. to one. Do those either one of those stick out to you?
1: I mean, if you're going to bet the Clippers to win the West, don't you think the title is a better idea? Or do you think the West versus East is that even this year?
0: Yeah, I think so, too. All right, Sprint. I think that's absolutely everything we could have covered. Is there anything else you want to touch on for the people here and our NBA playoff primer?
1: Yeah. Uh, did you expect that? I, I, this is just for me, speaking from personal experience. I did not expect that my playoff prep would be hampered by Kwame Brown did you I spent two hours going down this rabbit hole yesterday right I stayed up way too late because I spent two hours watching all that all, all the all the videos and stuff so uh, nice to see him uh, he's my he's my new player that I'm voting for for comeback player of the year because uh, he came back into our consciousness because I, I I think I probably never would have thought about him for the rest of my life and now I'm like waiting for his next video to drop
0: I love it yeah, it's interesting to have Commie Brown-Brack in your life. If yeah. there is anyone out there that has a lot of really great stories, it's probably yeah. him. I mean,
1: yeah. <laughs> it
0: was drafted by Michael Jordan to hang out in that locker room with Gilbert Arenas and those guys. Yeah, And as we saw, that's probably just the tip of the iceberg. So yeah, hopefully it will happen again, spread. Yep. So, all right. Thanks, well, everybody. Uh...
1: Hopefully Thanks we can make it watching. back we next week we got the playoffs. So we'll try and get yeah. get back to you guys sooner. And maybe even have a French Open show on this channel? Mm-hmm. Is that what we're planning? We will. We'll
0: get We'll get Jorge. Okay. We'll make sure that he's up and good to go, and we'll get some French Open stuff done. We just There was too much going on with the regular season. You can watch spread yeah. every day at 1 o'clock. I mean, I'm on right. at 1130. We're out there, folks, talking yeah. about this stuff. But we'll do some more stuff for the playoffs, maybe even get back together with our friends from Australia, do something with them. But don't worry, folks. We'll be back, and uh, apologies for the hiatus. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at NetWorth. Uh, show. I think it was Net Show or Net Worth Pod, actually. I'm sorry. I think we're still um, Net Pod. Yeah, sorry. Okay. I mean, it's not good. I don't even know the handle. But we'll be back soon, and uh, see you then. Good luck.